Hello, everybody. Welcome to 12 Bar News. We're back. We're back. I hate everything. <laughs> so, I am the Badger. We got Darsh and the Fox. Hello. Hello. And Bullwinkle is going to make a surprise appearance for all our Billy Eyelash news. And it's been a while. Some stuff happened. You Lots know. of stuff happened, yeah. I mean... The it Max- went from 2019 to 2022 pretty quick. Yeah, and, and and in that time there was like the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Right, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, important shit happened. That, that <laughs> it was that, basically just that actually. That that's my that's my code for uh, the 19. Yeah, the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Right. <laughs> well, we missed you guys. I know the thousands of people out there who uh, listen to us every week are going to be a little disappointed, but we're going to have a new format here where we do kind of a monthly format and where we do a big long talk show and we talk about a certain topic in detail and then yours truly the star of the show the one and only brave badger and jeff are going to be doing what's happening starring badger and jeff (laughs) which is going to be something like that it's an outlet for split personalities It, it might be that it's going to be a uh, weekly podcast that brings you all the relevant news and random babblings about aliens and stuff that you guys want to listen to. So check that out on the interwebs. And I guess we're going to get right into it. So uh, my voice is a little bit shot, so I'm not going to be screaming about what's happening this week. So we're going to do, what am I listening to? <laughs> For those listening at home, that was, uh, what, are what, are to? Uh, Badger, what are we listening to? Badger, what are you listening to? It was really weird. All week long, before the announcement of Tom DeLonge's joining Blink-182, I had the song San Diego, or I think it's pronounced San Diego, stuck in my head. We'll go into what San Diego means later, but... I think it's an old, old wooden ship. It's a whale's vagina. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so anyway, I've had that song stuck in my head all week. And so I've been listening to Blink to try to get it out of my head. Uh, Then all of a sudden, boom, the universe brings us the announcement that Tom DeLonge is coming back. He found the aliens, so he succeeded. And he is joining forces with Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker and making Blink happen again. They're going to come out with new music, a world tour, which is already sold out. So don't worry about getting tickets. You can't. I have tickets. Darsh has tickets. So I think we could. We're all in person now, so I think we could probably get together. And uh, he's bigger than us, but we we probably could do it. So trying to get the song San Diego out of my head, I listened to California. I was like, oh, this is a really good album. I remember listening to that. It's cool. And then this came out, and it was like, oh, after two albums with Matt Skiba. And I was like, two albums? I thought it was just California. And then I read about nine and I know I listened to it when it came out, but I forgot about it. And I, I think it's on purpose because it's kind of uh, forgettable in the word. It wasn't bad. It was just not not like a Blink-182 sound. It kind of sounded like a Mark Hoppus side project and a Matt Skiba side project, like Heavens and Plus 44, whatever his band, Mark Hoppus's band was. Right. And then like they kind of just put in like some ethery reverb and like some cool drums behind it. And then... It wasn't like uh, the pop punk, like Blink 182s, like the blinkiness of the Blink that, like, the old, like, California was. It took the Tom DeLong aspects of, like, short, fast, stupid songs, kind of, but also, like, deeper songs that Matt Skiba brings in. 
So anyway, I wasn't a huge fan of Nine. So when they announced that Tom was getting back, and then they produ- they put out a new song, Edging, which is actually I kind of really like. It's uh, fast-paced. It's kind of like Blink-182's Back Again, which is cool. Yeah, um, my girlfriend and I spend a lot of time in the car. You know, I drive an hour and a half just to come up here to visit these fools. And um, that song has quickly made its way into like my top 10 songs, uh, especially of the last, you know, since it's come out, it's only been like, what, like four days? Three days. Yeah. So like I've already listened to it like uh, 30 times because it just ended up on my likes playlist. And uh, I, I, I will say that Tom sounds older. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like he's in his 40s now and doesn't, where are you? That's that's gone. <laughs> right. The press has been uh he's been saying it's the most progressive album that they've ever made oh, and nice. that you know this song is kind of fun but like the other ones coming up are going to be like kind of more progressive which should be cool. That's kind of Angels and Airwaves kind of deal. Yeah. But I liked the fa- the fact that Tom put out a letter to Matt Skiba who filled in for Tom if you guys have been under a rock since 2015. Hmm. He went in and filled the shoes. They had nobody to tour with and you know they they're broke. They have no money. So <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. but, <laughs> So anyway, they wanted to go on tour. Tom wanted to go and start his alien investigations and uh his all those endeavors which are pretty cool. Look it up. But Matt Skiba joined forces uh, taking a break from Alkaline Trio, which is one of my favorite bands of all time. So Tom sent a letter to Matt Skiba thanking him for filling in, saying that he liked his music, he likes Alkaline Trio still, and cryptically at the end said, thank you for being part of our band. So it doesn't seem like Matt Skiba's days are numbered. Maybe Tom has another thing. Maybe he's going to look for the people who live underground. Uh, I heard there's this hole in the North Pole. <laughs> the crab people. Yeah. Man. or No, it's the South Pole. Yeah. The, we'll, we'll get to that later. That's a different podcast. Yeah. I think that uh, if you were going to place Tom DeLonge with anybody, Matt Skiba is an excellent choice. And I, I do like Alkaline Trio a lot. But Blink-182, Tom needs to be in the band, you know? I, and I think that that Blink quality doesn't really exist without him. Yeah, the blinkiness of it all. Yeah, that you you, yeah. Lo- you lose yeah. that uh that California right huh, like accent. Because Chicago boy Matt. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what are you guys listening to? Let Let's go with Fox. What are What are you listening to? If you're a fan of music, you have probably heard the name John Prine. Great, prolific singer songwriter out of Nashville. He died unfortunately, of COVID complications back in 2020. And his estate has been trying to set up a tribute concert. And they've had multiple dates and kept falling through because of, you know, uh, the continuation of COVID. But it finally uh, was able to happen earlier this week in Nashville. And it was like an all-star, you know, uh, people coming out. I know that uh, Nathaniel Rateliff was there. Uh, Bonnie Raitt showed up, obviously, Steve Earle. Now, I'm not a huge fan of country music, but John Prine did write one of my favorite songs of all time, which is Illegal Smile, and unfortunately, nobody played that. But, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of uh, of John Prine, and there's this, uh, there's this band from England uh, called The Zootons, and they wrote a song that everybody thinks Mark Ronson and uh, Amy Winehouse wrote, called Valerie and their uh, version is far more kick-ass well in a different way it's kick-ass but yeah for the most part I I've been listening to the same stuff that Badger has because uh you know Blink 
releasing new music with Tom DeLonge is universal news. Yeah, it's mind blowing. I never thought. Well, it's not that I never thought I'd see it again. I think that with Mark seemingly conquering cancer and thank job, yeah, the job less. Uh, you know, with with that, you kind of. Uh, I know that if that were to happen to any of us, and we weren't talking for some odd reason that would definitely be something to pull a friendship back together for sure yeah and um i think that's a part of the reason uh i think with age they've gained perspective and i'm i'm so happy and you know i'm i'm just gonna have to break darsh's leg so that i can steal his uh his tickets (laughs) to go see blink i'm gonna pay a scalper i'm I'm sure i could still go with broken legs no 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 no. i'd break them so bad did you see the news it said legs yeah. Legs, legs only. Yeah, legs, <laughs> legs required. <laughs> Sorry to all Are you. Are you going yeah. to the Atlantic City Festival one? Uh, Hershey Park. Hershey but, Park. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah. No offense to our paraplegic. Listeners. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have been listening to the 2017 uh, release by Paramore of After Laughter. Oh, dude. Uh, and I did listen to this album when it came out, and I did enjoy it a lot, but I've been he- listening to it pretty heavily uh, and so for me, Paramore was, you know, th- they were a band that came out during the, uh, you know, the t- the mid to late 2000s emo scene. And I thought they were kind of like a B tier, like, you know, Agreed. that might, that might be a hot take. I know they had, have a lot of fans from that era, but You're for my, me, my girlfriend will it. fight. They you. were, <laughs> they were, uh, you know, it's also worth mentioning that that era of music had a lot of stiff competition. And That's talent. true. So, you know, the, I, I always thought that they had catchy sounds, but okay. But this album is a complete departure from that style of music. It's not it's, catchy. The, well, it's actually incredibly <laughs> catchy. And it, so they have the, the whole album sounds like sort of an eighties, like pop aesthetic. And the grooves on it are just, they're so tight. Like, they have these synth lines that mesh with these, like, really complex guitar lines that ju- it just works really well. And uh, Haley Williams' vocal performance, as well as some strong lyrics. Like, I just can't really say enough good things about this album that, you know, I, I wasn't really expecting to love, but I would say that. Yeah, this is uh, an album that I'll definitely come back to. Uh, Some tracks I would recommend are uh, Hard Times, which was the single, uh, you know, the main single. Uh, Rose Colored Boy, which is another good one. Forgiveness, Caught in the Middle. you know, it's pretty stacked. Like, I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of some of the slower more acoustic tracks but if if it's a track that is again in that 80s kind of uh essence i i think that they did that um very well you know i i hope that going forward they they sort of keep not you know i don't want them to repeat themselves but i i think that they've definitely found a sound that I personally enjoy a lot and I, I would love for them to continue along that trajectory. So to continue with that, they actually just released a new song. I did and I yeah. I heard it and I didn't like it. You didn't like but, it? But uh yep. not it wasn't bad. It just was not what I really wanted it to be. But again, it's just a single. I haven't heard, 
you know, like a whole album I haven't heard. I don't even know if it's going to be a part of an album. I, so. It might not be with uh, with the way music is released nowadays. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Just we'll be talking about this in a minute. Um, but after laughter is the album where Zach Farrow, who in my opinion is one of the better pop punk drummers of that era, uh, he actually returned to the band after a long hiatus. The Farrow brothers were both in the band and they left, and Zach came back. And I think he's a big reason that this is the album where they like found a new sound almost because they like rediscovered themselves. And the drums are very impressive on the album, Mm -hmm. not because they're particularly showy, but because they are carrying the groove so much and they allow the synths and the uh, guitar and the vocals to do their own thing. There was a while there where everyone was doing an 80s revival type sound. Uh, You know, and I think we're kind of coming out of that. I think so. But I think, you know, this was definitely a success story. That and um, The Weeknd's album. Mm. uh, What's the name of that album? I forget. Uh, But The Weeknd also had like an an 80s type uh, revival, more dancey type album but that was also very successful but there was a lot of riffraff in the 80s revival i think uh okay what else have i been listening to i've been listening to van morrison particularly like into the mystic era van morrison Dude, into the mystic nice. is such a good song the the production on that album blows my mind it's like the producer was just like yeah the bass we're making this as loud as possible and for whatever reason, it just sounds incredible. And Van, I, I think it, part of it, I think, is Van Morrison has a really interesting vocal range. And he, he doesn't like, he, he kind of stays in th- that octave like the whole time. But yeah, uh, Van Morrison, Into the Mystic. Nice. Uh, uh, my, I, my last thing yeah. is I've been listening to, if you saw the Netflix show Queen's Gambit, I've been listening to the soundtrack of Queen's Gambit. Hmm. There's some really, really good songs on it. If uh, if you're into, you know, 60s and 70s type music, I highly recommend it. Yay! Uh, so are we going to move on to the main topic I think we are. What is the main topic? So, the main topic today... Oh, oh yeah, it's vinyl. <laughs> vinyl versus digital or just vinyl in general. Yeah, the, we're the talking merits. vinyl, boys and everybody else in the universe, aliens. Artificial intelligence, <laughs> All entities. of them. Girls, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i start. I, I think good. that, for me, I have a very positive relationship with vinyl i started collecting when i was in college and me and bullwinkle would uh you know we we would listen to a lot of records when we were just sitting around kicking it and for a while i was definitely in the camp that vinyl is just better and i think that you know that that's sort of the the crux of the controversy with vinyl is that a lot of people who like vinyl and are into vinyl, they say it's a, it, it is the best listening experience you could have. Now, I have come a long way in my thinking in that while I do think that personally my listening experiences have been the, the best as opposed to other 
listening mediums. But I don't think that vinyl is necessarily better. Now, here, I have a couple theories about that. My first theory is that I'm not sure that it's actually the vinyl that is better. I I think it might be the equipment that vinyl records tend to run through. Now, what I mean by that is each record player has its own sound. Each record player has its own preamp that it goes through. Usually people run them through nicer speakers out of necessity because, you know, not every set of speakers will be compatible with your record player. And I think that I equate it to, you know, like a a nice guitar amplifier where you're going to find some guitar amplifiers that just sound incredible. That's, you know, it, it, it has that sort of like quality where... Depending on the situation, your record might sound incredible or it might sound like a a mess. Okay, so the other part of vinyl is you get that scratchiness, which I think adds a vibe, which people really like. And you just don't get that with uh, a digital recording. Uh, You know, you get all these artifacts, not just from you know, what the recorded content, but from like the actual, I'll call it the performance of the record, which is, you know, it actually spinning the needle, picking up the vibrations, it going through a preamp, it going past the preamp into your speakers, into a power amp that's connected to your speak, you know, like it's this whole process. There's belts and gears that move the right, turntable yeah. around. And uh, I think that if you buy, if you go into Urban Outfitters and you buy a crappy Crosley vinyl, I, I, it's not going to sound good, you know. Uh, and if you have a Crosley vinyl in and that works for you, you know, then by all means. But I think that in order to get a good vinyl experience, you're going to have to spend at least what, like two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars, probably on on a, a decent setup turntable yeah and the other thing is a lot of turntables mine included don't have a preamp in them so you have to purchase a preamp separately and again that that's another variable you know you could get a really good preamp you could get one that isn't so great you know and all pre you know preamps there are different kinds Uh, And this comes back to, like, my comparison to the guitar amplifier in that, you know, it could be a tube-based preamp. There are all these different things that you can swap out that will change the experience. But I'm curious to know how you guys feel about that. I have far less vinyl experience than you. Uh, Unfortunately, all of the records I was set to inherit were destroyed in a flood, and I missed out on owning... You know, some of the greatest albums of all time on vinyl, you know, from Honky Dory to, you know, Zeppelin 4. I love I, Honky Dory. Yeah, Honky Dory is such a good album. I think that there's something to be said for the performance aspect that you were saying, because of the times I have experienced amazing albums on vinyl, a lot of them have been with the two of you, oddly enough, or not oddly enough, you know, with some sort of intoxicant. Now, whether or not that shades my experience or my experience is colored with you know rose tinted glasses because i did experience them with friends there is something to be said about the warmth and it, it, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit later uh badger will will touch on it i'm sure but the dynamic ranges between your vinyl and digital 
are vastly different. There's a, a thing that happened in the 90s called the the loudness war, which um, streaming companies are are currently you know uh, still partaking. Yes, in. they're still partaking in it, but they they've tried to normalize that so that all of your music, if you ever notice in digital, it it all plays at the same volume. There is something to be said about the warmth of vinyl now in a negative aspect of it uh, because we do have to touch on both sides my experience is marred because of the delicacy of vinyl records like i said one flood and it was my mother's record collection something over like 400 records gone in an instant and you don't have to deal with that with digital i walk around we all do with these little tiny rectangles in our pockets you can connect to anywhere and listen to any song we are you guys also carry bricks yeah (laughs) we are in the the era of anything that ever was is available from now on and it's super convenient because like i was saying earlier in the episode i can put on the the song illegal smile which every time i hear it makes me you know jump for joy uh, and I go from that to listening to Such Great Heights by the Postal Service. And then I can jump to listening to Hunky Dory, which I did yesterday. And, and they all sound good still. And they all sound good. But there is a loss to bring it back to the positives of vinyl. You're listening is, to it on your phone yeah. or through headphones too, which yeah. is another performative it's aspect. A, it's a slightly different. Yeah, because there are tons of. Oh my God. Don't buy $5 fucking headphones, please and thank you. I break everyone. Yeah, doesn't matter. Be more careful with your headphones. Buy a good pair of headphones if you're going to listen to... I know, yeah, Adobe is a destructive force of nature. Adobe is... uh our our the podcast pet yeah um, he's a destructive alligator yeah. yeah but there is that aspect that is lost because i have listened to hunky dory on digital and vinyl and i vastly prefer the vinyl of hunky dory it's something about the way it was recorded lends itself so well to fucking vinyl so i think that gets into another point i wanted to make is that it really it all it depends on the album not every album will, is going to sound drastically different on vinyl if you're gonna listen to like neil young on vinyl that's different than listening to blink 182 on vinyl yeah and even from you know i'm gonna talk about radiohead because that is my like i have a lot of experience with their vinyls and in rainbow sounds incredible on vinyl kid a doesn't sound that much different. Now there are things that I'll notice more in when it comes to a vinyl versus a digital recording. I think that might maybe it's just my setup, but there's like more emphasis on the mids in the uh frequency range. Mm. You know, like a, a spiky like guitar uh uh section will p- jump out to me more on a vinyl whereas I think it's a flatter experience in digital. However, you know, you you talked about the negative aspects of vinyl and there are several negative aspects. One is storage. Yeah. Uh the the weight of, you know, you get 20 vinyls. That's very heavy. <laughs> uh and you know the sort of breakable or not even just breakable nature, but I've purchased vinyls within the last 10 years. And there, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I know this vinyl has a scratch on it on on this song. And I know that it's going to be a pain in the butt to, like, go up and skip that song. And, you know, it's just you have to participate <laughs> more 
when you're listening to vinyl than you do. And if you want to find a certain song, you have to find the groove that it's in and you have to put it to the right exact spot. You can't just click on the song and then it's there. And they, you know, you can get fancier turntables, which will automate some of that stuff for you. Like you, you, there are self flipping uh, turntables you can get, but you know, I don't have one of those. Another aspect of this though, and I think this is the main argument of the vinyl is better argument that I I actually disagree with this particular argument is that you get the whole waveform of the sound versus a, a digital you know uh, weight wa- compressed waveform is like so if you actually look at it I you know it, it's like chopped up into uh, samples and a lot of vinyl advocates will say that because you're getting the whole waveform, uh, on your playback it's more analog it, it's it's more you know you're w- when you go to digital you're you're literally missing something and that is technically true but i don't think that the human ear is is attuned enough to you know pres- what badger just said you, i don't i don't think that that argument holds a lot of weight for because yeah so if Especially if you get a now. good quality MP3, yeah. <clears throat> or if you get a WAV file, you're not going to perceive the difference. If you get like a 128, you might have some perceivable difference in some qualities of it. You'll get some artifacts from the compression. But we did this in school. We like did a comparison, blinds comparison between is this like a MP3? Is it a CD WAV file, like a WAV file for a CD? You can't really tell the difference. If you really listen, you can tell sometimes between the lowest quality MP3s like sound to that. But then you go to vinyl, there is something to be said about the non compressed, like the less compressed form, but you're still getting compression in it. I mean, you're still, it's basically they are taking from their workstation right there i'm pointing to my mixer they're going from the microphones into a process a stage so it's already non-linear it's not going from a microphone generally right to a record it's going through processors so you're going to be losing certain like of the originality in it anyway the original signal yeah because technically non-linearity is distortion right so Any any process that you add to your signal chain is going to be a, a form of distortion. And I think that's what they're saying about MP3s is it's more technically distorted, but it's not perceivable. It's it's they want you to buy their expensive equipment. Yeah, I think a, a lot of it is just I don't want to say snarkiness or snootiness, but there is a lot of that when it comes to the quote unquote audiophile community yep. who will I don't especially like, the they don't bash digital the home theater yeah uh, the type of people who spends tens of thousands of dollars on a record player that flips itself yeah. type of thing yeah a lot of that is just people justifying their expensive purchases which yeah. i you know if you're an audiophile and you're into vinyl i i think that yeah you're gonna get a great uh listening experience yeah. there's no question but true that I, I think the the that the argument that because you're getting that whole waveform that the listening experience will be better because of that is flawed yeah i don't really see any validity in that npr this is getting more into digital but npr did this thing a while ago where they had i think they posted this on their site where you could go and you could listen to 
the same song but at different like sample rates and bit depths yep. and people would like try and tell them apart and a lot of people were not able to and i i think that rick beato interviewed some i i'm doing i'm saying all this from memory but i believe it was either someone who was like a producer or like a it was a professional in the music space and he had her do this test and she was correct about 50% of the time so let you know. You're, I think that's play games. I think that yeah. speaks volumes to there's a lot. The audio like perception, like there's a lot that goes into that, like recording formats. I mean, you're gonna like stuff that is kind of crunched more together because it can sound louder, or like there's you you might be listening to one that is just raised louder and not you don't know if they're all the same levels or whatever. Yeah. In the words of a great man uh, that we all all love, loud is more good uh, to a lot of people. Right. Going back to vinyl, though, this comes back to the idea that there are different albums which are going to lend themselves more to the vinyl experience than the digital experience. I I think that particularly albums that were recorded in an analog way tend to sound better uh, in vinyl, but I I don't think I can even make that generality, you know? Right. So... My feeling on vinyl is basically I'm kind of a mixture. I grew up listening to vinyl. My dad had a vinyl collection, and some of my fond memories are listening to vinyl, Blondie, Black Sabbath, a bunch of like cool older music. And it's just, you know, you have that process. You have to go up and put the needle down, and then you have to hold the album by the side so you don't scratch it. You don't want to put fingerprints on it. You can't just put it down on the table like you do a CD. Or like underneath the couch. Um, right. There's a whole process that is on vinyl that makes it a little bit too tedious. Like I, uh, it's probably a shock, but I have like a short attention span, and <laughs> I like with I'm just bad with like organization and putting vinyls back in the right case and not scratching them and not putting them. If you put them on the side, then they'll get warped. If they get a little bit like too humid. It's just, it's a whole thing. And I, I just put my phone in the pocket or like under the couch or whatever. And like, I can listen on my Bluetooth headphones and, you know, I can, like Fox was saying, I can listen to, you know, one type of music. I can listen to Bach and then I can listen to Chance the Rapper. And, you know, they're pretty much the same thing, but I would have to get <laughs> two vinyls to do that. And it's, that's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. That's um, my take. That That's, I mean, that's pretty much the argument for and against I, I like that there it is uh for digital the ease of use with digital is absolutely astounding yeah and so i think that the digital age of music particularly when you're talking about streaming is it's a much it has the potential to be a much more passive listening experience right so today people can just throw on playlists and let that go for hours you know and they don't even need to know what they're listening to you know i can throw on tame impala playlist and i think that i will generally like pretty much everything that i hear but oh yeah but i don't need to know anything about the band that i'm listening to i don't need to know anything about you know how many band members they have like who is the the songwriter and for me the main benefit of vinyl you know i think that sonically you are 
is vinyl better? I'm going to have to say no uh, to the idea that, one, everyone should listen to vinyl. I think that is not the case. Um, but you you get that physical media that you can look at. You, you know, you can usually read the lyrics. It's a much more active listening experience versus just throwing on a playlist uh so if if you are into albums and into bands you know you're interested not just in their music but their backstory the way that they're presenting their art the way that they're you know like the album art the vinyl is the ultimate experience for uh you know having that tangible physical thing that you can look at while you're listening to and I don't think that there's any other music format that comes close to that you know you could say that CDs have some of that but you know a CD that take it out of the jewel case right and you know it's a piece of plastic whereas with vinyl it's usually you know wax well, no, I mean like the actual like the sleeves. They're oh, yeah. you know they're as much of a work of art as the music is. Yep. You know, and I think that if people are missing out on anything, I think it's that. I think that personal experience is missing from you know your Spotify playlist because you can go on like I use YouTube Music app and I can go on there like Darsh was just saying you listen to like the I don't listen to Tame Impala because you know no I'm kidding I do (laughs) I do listen to that but uh, like so I put on like a reggae playlist right and I'm like oh I haven't heard this song it's really good what is it and then I open my phone and I look at it and then I go and look at the weather and then I go and look at like my Facebook and I go and like so yeah, you can go on there and you can look at like, oh, this band, this is what they've done, a short Wikipedia thing, this is their album cover, but you don't get the physical like big block of paper, you know, like a uh, you can read it, you can look at it, it has all their pictures usually, you can see who they are, you know, how they dress, who their favorite artist is or whatever they wanted to do for like um like Jack White does special effects on his vinyls too. We didn't even get to that. Like he has them ho- like the hologram, but also like if you're looking at it and it's spinning and it does weird shit. You know, there's so much cool stuff. If you're into vinyl, I would listen to Jack White's uh interviews on the topic. So going going back to the like the the presentation yeah. that is a, a record. Uh, if you were to ask somebody what album covers stick out the most to you, you know, you're going to get the Dark Sides of the Moon and, and Saucer Full of C- Secrets, which is both like uh, uh, hypnosis or hypnosis. I, I can't pronounce it properly. But yeah, you're going to get that. You're going to get the Abbey Roads. You're going to get uh, Revolver and those those types of things because that was more of a, a thought process when it came to the whole record. It was a whole entire package. Yeah. Uh, versus especially now nine times out of 10, all you're going to get is an artist on the front of the cover because you need to know who that artist is. Uh, That's, you know, that's what the music industry wants you to see them and associate them with this song. But um, I mean, I I mean, we're all guilty of it. The the digital thing, like where where you just throw on a a playlist. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I don't, if you are a, a casual listener of music that's you know that's not uh, a negative i don't think i i think that the streaming service era has produced a lot of music listeners who maybe aren't that into 
knowing about the artist or knowing about the you know like the the presentation it's more about vibe uh yeah and <laughs> like I, I, I'm, I'm i'm choosing my words carefully because i don't want to say that anyone's the way that they consume music is bad you know uh but i think as a music enthusiast vinyl offers something that a digital streaming service just doesn't offer and i think when you're talking about is vinyl better from that presentation perspective yeah, vinyl is way better yeah you know you, you you have that thing in your hand there's that magic that you're like i am really immersed in this experience and i'm active i feel like i'm more actively participating in it because you actually you are because you have yeah. to go you have to go you know flip over the record yeah. you know you you have, you have to, to make... flip over cassettes uh but cassettes <laughs> i like cassettes too i though. like i like cassettes too but for a different reason yeah. I, I think it's, for nerdy reasons i think it's a charming uh <laughs> format because i it's, like recording it's, on a four track it's tape yeah. you know it's Back tape in the 2000s and i i do like the idea of using uh like a magnetic yeah. tape format are cassettes the ultimate version of that format no nope. uh, definitely <laughs> nope. not nope cassettes are cool that, I, that I have said we are offering our podcast out on cassettes for this season so I, and get your pre-order floppy disk. on yeah, yeah on 12barnews.com you can get all our floppy discs and cassette tapes but yeah all right so so one last question one album that an audiophile must own on vinyl for each of you okay so the first album that i purchased which i was like this sounds so much better on vinyl and uh again i had this experience where i went to the record store i bought the record i put it on right when i got home and i read all the lyrics as i was listening to it was radiohead's the bends fucking bends the nice. bends sounds incredible on vinyl and if you have the if you're a radiohead fan at, or a fan of that uh, album i highly recommend you experience it on vinyl because it is for me i'll always remember the time that i went to the record store i brought it home i listened to it and it was really really great it just hits so different yep all right uh for for brave badger do you have one harvest moon by neil young i love oh, that album that's great great just like i mean neil young to me is kind of like the epitome of like why you want to listen to vinyl i mean just because he just is acoustic and he's all you know his voice is scratchy and he you know i mean i know he can rock and everything and he can sing properly too if he wants to <laughs> but uh in general he's you know grungy kind of not in like a grunge sense but in like a, a kind of dirty he needs to take a bath sense which to me is vinyl like you want it's earthy more you know like it when I think of vinyl, I think of acoustic kind of like warmth, but it, I know it can be so much more to other people. Uh, like I know for, for like hip hop fans and stuff, we didn't even get into why they like vinyl. So we're not going to, we're out of time, but there's a whole nother like aspects of vinyl. Uh, but for me, it's that, you know, I'm going to go wear a sweatshirt and uh, smoke a joint and listen to uh, Neil Young. Get cozy. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, it's a toss up, but obviously dark side of the moon. If you're going to go experience an album, 
Uh, Badger and I have a really good experience uh, with Dark Side of the Moon vinyl. I will let your minds uh, wander on that one as to why it was so good and, and, and so on and so forth. I have a very similar experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, to the point where I got a tattoo. Yeah, you uh, have a tattoo of the album art yeah. on your body. Uh, so it's either that or Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Yeah, kind of blue and bitches. Bitches brew. brew. That's are, like a one-two. Punch. Are uh, very very good. The other one I was going to talk about was uh, there's this Frank Sinatra album. Yeah, Wait. we don't have time for that. Bye. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, I I know the one you're talking. Is it the one with the girl from Ipanema? Yes. Yes. That yeah. album on vinyl is incredible. Um, you know, we we could do this for a long time. We we could talk about the different. Bright Eyes uh, has some really good vinyl too. Tonight's the night. Uh, by Neil Young on vinyl is amazing. You know, we we can get go on and on. Uh, yeah, I, the but band I, like like the band anything Bob Dylan. If Iron I had one. to pick one, oh, yeah, blonde Iron on one. blonde, blonde on blonde. If uh, I had to pick one, though, I would say the g- give the Bends a try. Yeah, uh, if you haven't Dark Side of the Moon, obviously you're get out from under that rock you're living under. And before you listen to those, listen to Harvest Moon by uh, Neil Young. You mean the greatest uh, like songwriter from the Americas? He's Canadian. Oh yeah, the, the Americas. Americas. Yeah, ho ho. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we. Nuked Canada. <laughs> uh, we're working on it. Oh, okay. Um, but that, yeah, that's next year. Yeah, next year. Uh, to to add on to COVID twenty. Um, uh, I think we only have time for one more thing, and that's Bullwinkle. Your thoughts? Wow, they, I would never have known mm-hmm. Billy Eilish did that. Very <laughs> insightful. Wow, wow dude, mind blowing. Thanks, thanks for being here. It, yep. If 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 you could have been any more succinct, I, I, I don't know if a person could be more succinct when it comes to, to Miss Eilish or Eyelash. I, I, wow. Are you saying I'm saying her name wrong? A- absolutely profound. Thank you, Bullwinkle. Thanks, man. Okay, so that's all the time we have today. Uh, Thanks. Uh, you know, no. we're, we're going to try and put these out monthly. You know, tune in for the next episodes, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all for now, folks. Thank you for listening to 12 Bar News. This show was brought to you by Ordeal Studios in Trenton, New Jersey. Audio engineering and sound design by Jeffrey Damon. Our music was created by From Space. And Michael Stanley is our resident Iowan. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio so that you get a new episode each time we release it. More information can be found at 12barnews.com. Thank you. Bye.